Well, greetings on this uh, first Sunday of Advent, and uh, it's one we're always anticipating as we worship together and call for the Lord's coming. Uh, this is my first time uh, preaching in over a month, and uh, so I plan to make up for it by just going extra long, because uh, I know you miss me, right? Uh, but thanks to the staff uh, for filling in and all your support as a church as we uh, adjusted and are adjusting to our uh, new life with four children, and we felt so uh, loved and cared for, and I can honestly say there's no church community we'd rather bring a child into uh, than this one, and that's a really good feeling to have. Uh, it's a beautiful time to come back to preaching as we enter into the Advent season, uh, so let's have a little Advent quiz to uh, start off the year, and I have these very cool chocolate ornaments uh, here. So uh, what does the word, uh, you can only win one, so you're not going home with six. Uh, what does the word Advent mean? Anybody know? Not prepare, but close. Coming. Oh, we're one for one. All right. Uh, how many weeks is Advent? Jackie. <laughs> uh, what are the four words uh, normally associated with Advent? Uh, just name one of them. Joy is one. Sue. Hope is one. Love is one. And peace is one. Right, I should, I'm, I'm over here now. Uh, sorry, I just kind of got in a nice rhythm. Um, what else? What? I had one more question. Um, oh, what is the season immediately following Advent called? No, no. Good try. Not Epiphany? Starts with a C. Christmas. Can you believe it? It was a little bit of a trick question. It was. I know. I fooled you. But officially, Christmas starts on December 25th and goes for uh, 12 days until then Epiphany uh, there. But contrary to popular belief, um, Advent, you know, is not about chocolate calendars. Uh, like the word Christmas or Christ Mass, it is actually a very Christian and theologically rich words. Uh, but I never want to assume that we just all know uh, what Advent is and what this season is all about. So since we're doing an actual series this year, uh, let me begin first with just a brief introduction to Advent. So uh, Advent is a Christian and biblical word. Uh, it comes from the Latin Adventus, which is the translation of the Greek biblical word parousia, which means coming. And in the Bible, it's used of Jesus' second coming in the New Testament. So put simply, Advent is the season of preparation and anticipation for the coming of Christ. It's really important to say from the outset that we don't observe Advent so that God would love us more. We already have God's love and affection. It can't be more. We observe Advent so that we can love God more, and that's really important 
distinction. And Advent celebrates and prepares for the promise of three different of those comings of Christ. And I made this uh, table or chart a few years back, and some of you might remember it, but probably nobody does. Um, But it kind of just helped me lay out uh, Advent a little bit. And Advent is is a looking back to the past, to Jesus' first coming as a baby. It's then a looking ahead to the future to his second coming as king and judge and ruler of all, and finally looking to the present and how he comes and visits us now as our Savior. So it's a three-way movement in time summarized in the Advent Declaration of Christ is coming, Christ has come, Christ will come again. And historically in the church, uh, maybe somewhat surprising for those new to Advent, coming. For our reflection about his first coming as a baby during this season prompts our hearts to then long for and anticipate that time when he comes again, this time as king, to fully establish the kingdom that he inaugurated and began at his birth, the full coming of God's reign on earth. And so we say, come, Lord Jesus. And so Advent is a season of longing for His return, where we sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel. And like we sang today, come, thou long-expected Jesus. So this year we're going to enter into this season by uh, focusing on four different words, uh, four different words than the traditional ones, uh, but that still kind of summarize and articulate what Advent's all about. And that is waiting, watching, working, and worshiping. And of course, there'll be overlap uh, between them all, especially the first two. But we'll begin the series with today's focus words on waiting. And don't we just love to wait? Isn't it your favorite activity? I mean, isn't it one of the best parts of the season, just waiting in the grocery line with your Christmas turkey, especially while the five people in front of us are all transferring their QF points to more rewards points? as we wait, and you just wait patiently as the cashier tries to figure that out as your peppermint ice cream melts in your carts. Don't you just love, you know, waiting in that holiday traffic in the mall, entering and exiting, and aren't you just at peace in those moments as you soak in the sounds and the joy of the season? The truth is, there's patient waiting, and there's impatient waiting. Most of what I just described is the latter. Not many of us love to wait. So I had my first uh, really bad parenting moment since becoming uh, a father of four, and that reminded me that I now have a lot of people to keep track of. Uh, So I have days, you know, such as Monday, when, you know, I have pick up or drop off at uh, 2.40, 3.30, 4.30, 5.30, and 7. Right, and so that's a lot of waiting. It's about five straight hours of just driving around in circles. Uh, But just recently, and I guess it was inevitable, I completely forgot to pick up my oldest from dance. Just slipped my mind. Didn't realize I was missing a kid. And she had to borrow a cell phone, and you know, it was so embarrassing when I got there. There's a few parents waiting outside with her in the cold, and they're there, and I'm kind of pulling my hat down, like, no, I'm not the pastor of that church. You're confusing me with somebody else. I, you know, tell my daughter, like, you didn't tell them I'm a pastor, did you? Like, it's, 
And she had to uh, wait for me. But Advent, in a sense, is our period of waiting for the Lord to come for us. But unlike me, it's not because God has forgotten that we're waiting. It's because He's patiently waiting for when the time is right, just as He did at His first coming. And with the first Advent, meaning Christ's first coming as a baby, teaches us is that although the wait may be long, He has not and will not forget us. And therefore, we wait patiently and with full hope and trust that He will come again just as He promised, just as He did the first time. But that doesn't make the waiting easy, does it? Our world is overwhelming and confusing. It's full of brokenness. And sometimes it feels like we can't hang on that much longer. During Advent, we enter into and feel the emotion of one of the most constant refrains in the Old Testament and especially in the Psalms, which is, How long, O Lord, must I wait? And we're talking about a, a, a dual or two-pronged waiting here, both waiting for the Lord to return as promised, but also waiting for Him to come into our present situation now, where maybe we're in the wilderness of life and wondering, how long will this season in my life last? You know, and some of you have been through hell this year, and you wonder, how long, O oh Lord? Maybe you've watched a loved one, a child, or a friend go through pain and agony, and you wonder, how long, Lord, until you intervene? Your spouse has wandered down a dark road, and you wonder if your marriage is going to make it, and you cry out, how long? Maybe you've experienced injustice, you've been wronged. And you wonder, where is your justice, God? How long will you relent? How long until you right these wrongs? Or maybe you've lost a loved one this year and life barely seems worth living without them. And you say to the Lord, how long must I wait here in the silence, in the darkness? And church, I know it's hard. And I know it maybe doesn't make sense, and I don't have all the answers for you, but I do know this. Christ has come before. Christ is coming right now. He's here in our midst. And Christ will come again in all His fullness to make all things well and all things right. And so here's three things I want to leave you with or encourage you with sort of applications, three words of wisdom on waiting, and that's that you're in good company, you're not alone, you need company, you don't have to wait alone, and you're in His company, you're never alone. So let's start with number one, you're in good company, you're not alone. And what I mean here is that you are in the company of so many saints before you. Every great woman and man of God has had to learn to wait for the salvation of the Lord. 
I remember saying in our first Samuel series that if you want to live a life of any significance or make an impact for God, you will likely have a period of waiting in the wilderness. How can I say that? Well, remember in that series how David had patiently waited, literally, in the wilderness and then had to hide in the cave even as he grieved what was happening outside in the loss of loved ones and friends. That's why he cries out in Psalm 13, 1 and 2, How long, Lord? He says, Will you forget me forever? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? Before Moses could lead Israel out of the exile and into the exodus, first he had to wait 40 years out in the wilderness as a shepherd. Before Joseph makes it to the top in Egypt, he's left for dead in the desert and then waits unjustly in prison for God's deliverance. We must remember the patient and perseverance of God's faithful remnant before us who waited in hope. Those like Simeon and Anna in the nativity story who the Bible says were waiting for the consolation and redemption of Israel. So if you're in a period of waiting, and as Christians we all are to some extent, then you're in good company. But more than knowing that, we must also realize that you need company, that you don't have to wait alone. We don't have to, nor are we meant to, wait alone. See, when I forgot to pick up my daughter, uh, I thought she was going to be really upset with me. Uh, angry, a little rattled, maybe scared, disappointed, perhaps even traumatized. But she was actually really happy. And she was chipper when she got in the car. And I apologized, but she said, it's okay. I had fun waiting with my friends and meeting their parents. See, if she had been waiting alone, her fear likely would have increased. Right? Doubt might have crept in. Is he really coming for me? But waiting isn't so bad when we do it surrounded by others who can comfort us and assure us and say, don't worry, he's coming again like he said he would. See, Advent and none of the Christian life, for that matter, is not an individual observance. Right? It's a corporate waiting and longing and calling out for the Lord's return together in worship. Because Jesus isn't coming back to a bunch of individual followers and worshipers doing their own thing. He's returning for His glorious united church, a church that together is waiting and watching and working and worshiping in these in-between times. So don't wait alone. You might have noticed, uh, especially those in the, the 9 a.m., our favorite service, uh, that even though we were on parental leave uh, during November, as well as using some vacation time um, to uh, just adjust to our new life, that we were actually here uh, every Sunday in November, just as, uh, and forgive my use of this word because we're all regular, but as, as regular worshipers, I don't know how else to say that, uh, and it wasn't really planned, but by the time Sunday kind of rolled around each week, I was like, man, I, I really need to be, want to be with the people of God. Uh, I need the encouragement of that corporate worship. And it also helped and is encouraging that our kids just refuse uh, to miss church and demanded that we go, and we're pretty upset that we weren't staying for both services. 
becoming just as a, a regular uh, person, if you will, you know, sort of tired, kind of worn out from life's events, I realized how much I love being here and how much I love this church, what a difference it makes when I'm here and how much it helped me and encouraged me to be with others. And so as we wait for the Lord, know that we're in good company, that we need company, and then lastly and most importantly, that you're in His company, that you're never alone. A biblical patient waiting is, it's a holy waiting. It's a sacred time of waiting. That's why David said in Psalm 37, 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. See, we don't wait outside the company of the Lord, but rather before the Lord in His company. And of course, this is the message of Christmas, that as we wait, we are never alone because Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, God near to us, has come into the world. And in that coming, He experienced the full extent of the human life and its emotions, the highs and the lows, the joys and the sorrows, the pain of loss, the waiting in darkness for God's timing and God's day to arrive. You know, Jesus, He didn't get special treatment, right? He didn't get to take shortcuts in life. No, He was born into a very difficult and complicated time and situation, both personally and with regard to world events. I mean, it was an unstable time. In fact, Jesus had to flee to Egypt as a refugee, as a child. He lived a life similar to the life that, honestly, most people in the history of the world have lived, which is one of mostly poverty and pain. Lots of turmoil, lots of sorrow, betrayal, the list goes on. But because He did that and did it perfectly without sin, waited for the Father's plan to unfold, therefore we can know and trust and believe that we are never alone. And through His indwelling Spirit, we can say, I know God is with me. And together, we, the bride with the Spirit, can say, come Jesus, come. And so we're going to do that as the band comes. The church, as you wait, and as you long, hopefully, for His return, as you experience the difficulty, the darkness, the despair that life can bring, know that you're not alone, that you're in good company, the company of the saints before you, that you don't have to wait alone, for you have present company with the church, and that you'll never be alone, because you'll always have the company of Emmanuel, God with us. So before we come to this table today, let's start this Advent season off right by joining together in this present company and joining the company of the saints before us who have cried out, come, Jesus, come. We are waiting for you. Would you stand and sing what will be our Advent song through these four weeks of Advent, and then we'll go to the table. <laughs>